Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOSB, you'll be all set for when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams and all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOSB. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio on one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. You're the one who protects the flock, and that requires an eye for detail. Because when safety and well-being are on the line, it's the details that can save lives. Even when no one else is watching, you see everything. Granger gets you, and we're here for you, and all the ones who get it done with a wide range of safety products and solutions, plus board-certified safety consultants here to answer your questions. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. First time in a long time, but it seems like just yesterday. When we were side by side, beast mode, no one's blocking our way. <laughs> These other guys tried it, but them man ain't got the skills of Braden and Davy, brazen and raging, bringing you the drills and spills. Right here in full gear, about to blow up like TNT. Us man are too sweet, Brady, BBP, the BB elite. Right here in full gear, about to blow up like TNT. Us man are too sweet, Brady, BBP, the BB elite. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Braden Harrington here with Davey Portman for BDE Leet. You found us uh, wherever podcast app you're listening to us on right now. And of course, we are live. Twitch.tv slash up next podcast. Hello, Twitch room. Yes. Hello, Twitch room. Hello, friends. Hello, Dynamates. We are hanging out after a nice revolution hangover. That's what this is. Yeah, hangover, but it feels like, I don't know, one of those hair of the dog hangovers where you just do a load of shots and get like right back on it. Like, <laughs> so would... much fucking happened tonight. Are they going to start having, like, the dynamites after revolutions or something? Like, that, like it feels like it was part... Yeah, you're, you're on the nose there because that's exactly what this was. It was like, I, I'm a little wrestled out. It was a long weekend of just watching wrestling mm. and, and shout out anyone who came to the revolution. Our revolution show obviously out on this free feed and everything and revolution was just awesome to watch. And uh, this, I was already going into this like, okay, like I'm already gassed, guys. Like, what, what else can we do here? And then they're like, hey, uh, William Regal's gonna play... Uh, I don't know, principal or dad in, in, for these two brothers in a tag team match. We're like, okay, that sounds pretty cool. We want to see Mox and Danielson. And then they announce all these things and we're like, oh boy, okay, they just, okay, we got to keep up. All right, all right. Well, that was good. All right. Now we can just coast. Now we're just going to chill. Okay. We're going to do, uh, oh fuck. Here's Jeff fucking Hardy coming out. All right. Break up every faction. (laughs) Break up everything in one night. This is a wild factions. Holy shit. It it, it was, it, it had like that sort of, Raw from Mania Phil from yeah. like, you know, a decade ago when like they were hot 
um, like, I think great, like a reset of everything, like setting up all the new feuds, moving forwards and things. But my God, yeah, I am burnt out this week. <laughs> like we have done uh, a lot. Obviously the revo- uh, revolution, um, obviously my time zones here. This is like night three of being up till like 5 a.m. to watch wrestling, wrestling talk about wrestling don't you love um it? you just love wrestling but yeah so like much. we've had some great stuff there's been a couple of good matches in the in the new japan cup there was uh obviously revolution pay-per-view we had nxt yesterday we watched a whole load of steiner matches for the patreon which was great we talked all about ukraine today with dickie bird in a in a show we're releasing in a couple of days and then watching this show it's just like oh jeez yeah, I'm I'm gonna have a lion tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, take a day off. Just yeah. Oh I mean, boy, I I don't want to hear about wrestling tomorrow. You know. Yeah, yeah, that was definitely. I I actually today was good. I didn't have to watch any until Dynamite because we did do that show with Dickie Bird. He's a world champ patron and of course friend of the show, more than friend. But he he picked Servant of the People. Which is uh, basically this TV show, which I don't know if you've seen any news articles about this, because I certainly have quite a lot in the past two weeks. So Dickie uh, chose this. Uh, great, great timing. He wanted something to be on topic and topical. And it turned out to be a really good show with us three kind of uh, mm. get we, we put on our big boy pants and we don't talk about fake fighting and we talk about real fighting and, and some mm. politics and stuff like that. So it was a completely different show than what you normally hear from us. But I will say it was a hell of a lot of fun. But someone out there is like, oh, I do not want to listen to that. I want my escapism. I want my my wrestling well then you can listen to the steiner brothers review as well because that was a lot of fun uh talking a lot about their old school japanese matches and wcw and all that so uh just all sorts of different shows out on the patreon uh so many podcasts out there go support us it's only five bucks that's all we ask and we know you'll love us we know it just got to give us that shot you just got to get extreme and i mean that's that's what's happening tonight i was pretty excited to to dive into uh, tonight's episode because i feel I feel like this one was a long time coming. I mean, it was not so much like a big surprise with Jeff Hardy showing up for All Elite Wrestling. But um, again, that was kind of like a sh- it's another hangover shocker here where they're like, hey, here's another debut. It's like, what? Oh, yeah. my God. Coming out. But I mean, yeah. I mean, I, if you've listened, we, I've talked about how I just fuck it. Yeah. Why not? It's weird because I was like, yo, isn't that theme music? Like not owned by WWE, loaded. Yes, I did see Fightful uh, put out an article earlier today where apparently this this was in the works that this isn't a WWE owned uh, track at all. So uh, they were able to just sweep in and and pick up rights for it. It it did feel very weird actually hearing it on this show. I thought because you'd have thought if they could have had the rights to this. The Hardys would have used this in like DNA and stuff like that and all their other runs they've done. So uh was very weird hearing Jeff uh come out to this, but definitely um definitely got the that reaction. And you saw like we're waiting for this to happen, right? And you're just looking in the crowd at the beatdowns happening on, on Matt, and you're just looking at the crowd, looking at the entrance ray, going, Is he coming? Is he coming? And then Darby and Dad walk out, and they're like, ah. Sting Sting uh, walking fine after his spot, by the way. So God bless Sting, because, geez, after that spot on Sunday, this dude's walking fine and still 
laying down fists and stuff. But no, when that when that music hit, dude, I stood up. I was like, oh my god, it happened. I started doing the the whole fucking finger guns. I was like, man, just just to see him here, that's so cool. And I am a I am a Hardy Boys through and through. Definitely one of the reasons. As we we talk, I swear we did some recent pay per view really really reviews recently talking about some Hardy Boys. They're the one of the definite main reasons I like got into wrestling for sure. So uh, I do I did I did mark out for seeing the Hardy Boys here, and I just I want to see them run back. Some of the matches, like I want to see Young Bucks again while while they can, because Jeff Hardy talking about how he wanted that Roman story and like hmm. angle and and match, like the dude was just like, "Hey, I'm I'm gonna tap out of this soon. I want to like get the best while I can now." And like, hey, why not? If the people want to see it, uh, the clearly they're still fans. I want to see it, but uh, I I am interested in seeing some of the matches, like Hardy Boys. Uh, what FTR Hardy Boys? All the ta- it's tag team wrestling in this company, so it just kind of makes sense. If this is the last actual hurrah, like is this is this you know that never really happens in wrestling, but is this it for the Hardy Boys? Then like go out together. I mean, I I think that's where I'm definitely less excited as you and others. Um, like I have not enjoyed watching Matt Hardy for the last <laughs> two years in this company. Yeah, and I can't say I've enjoyed watching Jeff Hardy for the last two or three years. And I feel like we've had a few of these last hurrahs. But to give like credit to AEW, they are good at working with these, like utilizing these older talents like a Sting and stuff. So sure, there's going to be like the nostalgia run. I personally don't need to see it. I'd rather see like their, their tag division is absolutely stacked. But it could be fun for for a little bit. I just like... If this is going to be three, like three more years of just Matt and Jeff, like in angles every single week, like we've had with Matt Hardy, I can't say I'm too enthusiastic about it. Um, but we'll see. Sure, yeah, Hardy's FTR, Hardy's versus Darby and Sting, uh, Brian Danielson stamping on both of their heads. Cool. Like <laughs> it could be fun, but I'm I definitely of all these debuts, it's not one that particularly excites me. Yeah, like, I get, look, I get that there are still fans out there, and I liked the Hardy Boys, you know, back in 1999. Like uh, I've been a fan of them, um, but it's just, yeah, not at this stage. Look, they're they're definitely past it. I haven't really enjoyed much of anything from Matt Hardy. I haven't watched enough of Jeff Hardy in whatever run he did have. I knew Sheamus threw piss on him at one point, so I know that. I know that happened recently. I loved when they came back at that WrestleMania. Everybody did. It's crazy. It's awesome. But I think if they are eventually going to just want to do one last thing, like, hey, let them do it. They are good at using the old talent here. In fact, I know I think some people would would have rather just Jeff clean house and debut where you had Sting and Darby first and then he comes out. It it was it was it was I liked it because now instantly in your brain, you're thinking of all like, hey, now what? They're going to be cool with Darby, like Jeff Hardy and Darby. Well, like, I think it's there's the comparisons. There have been comparisons for a long time between Darby and Jeff Hardy, and then yeah, I mean they're they're just face face paint friends, right? Yeah, three face paint friends and Matt. (laughs) (laughs) He's got to get the face paint. Yeah, he's got to get get the face paint paint out. Yeah, Uh, yeah. Honestly, like, look, I know we're not going to get the the crazy matches. You know, fuck, we might. We who who knows? We might, but I I, we're not going to get. The, the caliber of matches maybe we're looking for so far in this in AEW and tag team, but I think I think giving them the a chance to do that, it, 
why not? Fuck. And I'm, I'm sure that's attracting, definitely now attracting some eyes. But I was, I was a huge Jeff Hardy mark. I went to the, the Buffalo Armageddon to see him win the title. So, you know, that means he's got to get one more time. Jeff Hardy versus Sammy Guevara in a ladder match or TLC or something needs to happen because that's, that's just a given. Uh, there's a few- It'll just be both of them against themselves, won't it? Because Sammy does all them jumping, jumping through tables, not even touching. They won't even lock up. They'll just who can hurt themselves more. But like honestly, like think think. Uh, I think of a lot of people that aren't wrestling fans, but they know Jeff Hardy. Whether it be like like almost like hip hop culture, like definitely a lot of people know just th- because he's like the guy who jumps off ladders and stuff. So I mean, a lot of like outside people, it will maybe attract to see him. But why why not? And the music, man, the music is so good. Like, how do you not get fucking hype when he showed up like that? But yeah, uh, that that was the kind of the the big news off this episode of Dynamite. But I, I really like that. I mean, the Hardy family office finally it's done. So now it's. It's split, right? Andrade family office now, I guess. Yeah, I'm so happy yeah. that, that the, un- the Andrade Appreciation Group, or oh, not what man. they call, yeah, fuck. Society, man. the Andrade Appreciation Society. They can be ass <laughs> now, moving forwards. <laughs> uh, well, let's move forward. Let's actually go through what happened on Dynamite today because uh, it was it was a bit of a. a crazy show that felt like a lot happened and, and yeah we start off dynamite from wednesday march 9th 2022 and we have chris jericho who comes out he is in the middle of the ring he's got a microphone and he says that some people are saying that last sunday his match with eddie kingston was his best ever aew match and he says that he would even agree to that he then says that Eddie beat me. And well, I, I didn't shake his hand, but I should have. And then the crowd chants, shake his hand. He says, well, I think I've, I've made a mistake and I want to pay my debt to Eddie. So Eddie, come on out here. And this is when Eddie Kingston comes out rocking a pretty familiar shirt, would you say? No, no, never seen this before. What? <laughs> I don't know. That gear looked like shit. No, I'm joking. You see, no, honestly, like, I'm this, this was one of the things. I said I feel burnt out. But this was the first thing. I was like, oh, it was WH's debut wow. on Dynamite. And after this, I was, yeah, I was done. This was like seeing, you know, Omega and Danielson open. And then I'm like, all right, I've seen everything I need to see. You got a post-wrestling shirt on Dynamite. Yeah, so Eddie Kingston comes out rocking the uh, the four pillars, the four pillars, yeah, shirt there. So Eddie Kingston showing the love for WH Park and post wrestling. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people are uh, a buying the shirt, which you guys should go because it is a pretty cool shirt. Um, and and I'm sure a lot of people are telling Eddie Kingston like, hey, but he made fun of your Masawa gear, so. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even watch Dynamite. No, uh, that was fucking awesome. Yeah, and uh, shout out yeah, Eddie really Kingston, cool. and shout out and W H Park, and buy from the correct store. I'm seeing lots of bots, fake on ones. On yeah, it's so, crazy. Yeah, buy the the real the real shit. Yeah, get the real one. Shout out W H Park. Uh, well, Eddie Kingston does come out wearing this shirt, and he starts cutting a promo on Chris Jericho, and he's getting a lot of what chants. And then he shuts them down and says, like, no, shut shut up. We don't do that 
that here essentially and uh, basically gets an even bigger reaction, which, yeah, I'm so over these. I know it's Austin coming back and everything, but definitely like and jericho's playing up for your baby face here he's like when eddie's saying that he's like nodding clapping and then getting them all to chant eddie with him like being very very sincere very friendly yeah uh we see eddie he says look uh, a lot of people i won't tell this to a lot of people but after that match i went into my hotel room by myself and i cried and it made me it made me feel good and i hope i hope i did you proud Jericho, he says, I, I didn't need that handshake. I needed to win. I no, he was he wasn't saying about Jericho being proud. He was saying he had four people contact him that said that they were thinking of taking their own life until they read the um Oh his, his prom his article, yeah. When he talked about mental health and how he's thought about that and how uh afterwards winning that match he kind of thought about those guys and he hopes he made them proud. Um Yeah. It was it yeah. honestly it was, ve- it was very sincere and he goes yeah. and, and starts talking about how he doesn't need the handshake but he says I needed to win and the handshake was for you. See I respected the old Jericho, the guy who was in the the Super Jake Cup with Dean Malenko, Eddie Guerrero and then someone chants Lionheart and he's like yeah he was the Lionheart and Sunday Chris you proved to everyone you're still the man, you're still number 1 and then they shake hands. They did it. They finally shook hands after not shaking hands. But mm. 2.0 and Daniel Garcia come out down the ramp. They run down there and they start beating up on Eddie Kingston when Jericho starts beating up on Eddie Kingston and Proud and Powerful when they come out as well. So Jericho does this like whole turn here with his baseball bat. So the crowd booing here, Jericho turning on his own proud and powerful, turning on Eddie Kingston. When Jake, big Jake from the inner circle comes out and he's like, what are you doing, Chris? And goes to attack Chris, Chris ducks and Jake like knocks out, I think Santana, but then it kind of reveals that it was a whole plan altogether, which we kind of would figure Jake can't leave Jericho. They're too close. Mm. They're too chummy. Uh, You'd have nothing else to do. Yeah. Uh, they then get this table, and that this was terrifying. They they had the table on the outside. On the apron, Jake Hager goes to powerbomb Eddie Kingston off the apron to the table to the outside. But he struggles to lift him up, so a bunch of the other guys are like almost helping him. And then finally, when he gets up there, he powerbombs him, but doesn't throw him for, far enough so that Eddie's back of his head just goes right through this table uh what a nasty scary looking bump but damn they they just murdered eddie kingston here they all stand in the ring meaning jericho 2.0 is this jericho 2.0 garcia and jake hager and jake yeah so it's a, a another five person faction here and he says this that the the inner circle's dead but this is now the Jericho Appreciation Society. That's entertainment. What the mm. fuck? What what kind of a name is that? They literally had Inner Circle 2.0 right there in the fucking corner pocket. And they went completely left field there. But wow. So Jericho swapped out a few people for his new gang. Yeah. And I, I think with the line, and that's entertainment... I think he's going off, you know, he's been playing like in this feud with Eddie, the sports entertainer. He's been playing like 
Jericho, uh, like WWE Jericho. I'm the sports entertainment guy. So I almost feel that, I don't know if the name is kind of like the whole GFY thing, deliberately a little bit shit to kind of right. play into that sports entertainment thing. Yeah, You've got 2.0 there who are very much, uh, like whereas Santana and Ortiz feel like very like, you know, real people. 2.0 are quite cartoonish as well, but just giving them a bit of an edge. Um, I mean, the, the inner circle worked, didn't it? Jericho elevated a lot of the guys around him. And I think um, I think it's a shame we're not going to see Garcia joining like the, the Mox Danielson rebuild yeah, thing. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think the inner circle needed an official end. Uh, Hager is kind of that loose piece, so it makes sense for him to stay. Um, and I thought the angle was done well. I thought Jericho like played it very sincerely leading up to, I, and I think, you know what? He probably meant a lot of the things he said. I know, listening to him in podcasts and things he said like the lines he said on tv i didn't know who eddie kingston was until he came into aew so i think there was genuine like the performer chris jericho being sincere with the stuff he said to eddie at the beginning and then switched it on to to like do the swerve there but uh yeah i i thought this worked for me that table bump was nuts it was like kingston had watched ricky starks's bump on the ladder at revolution because he just took this head first look i I love the promo from jericho i love the promo from kingston i love that whole spot i even like the the beatdown the beatdown was disgusting with that that spot but the name is just so bad it's terrible it's It's the worst i I tried to find my one of my favorite wrestling shirts is that inner circle uh guns and roses one Mm. i just didn't know where it was but like that like that's a i'm sure they'll still sell it but like they'll do another. Well, we need- he'll do a new one with the check. That's the worst name. Literally, Inner Circle 2.0 would have well, worked better. Or or Y 2.0, like you know the old Y 2 AJ shirt, but like Y 2.0, oh Y 2 J Jericho Appreciation um, Society. Do you see um, Santana and Ortiz and Eddie getting kind of two more members to help them out? Oh, like, could okay. this could this be where we're going for blood and guts later in the year with these two factions, or do you see this more short term? Uh, I mean, I guess Jericho's faction needs a faction to face. So, I mean, mm. why not? You would figure Eddie hangs out with Mox, but then does he bring Proud and Powerful? You know, like with well, with you could Captain. do Mox Danielson, Eddie Proud and Powerful against these guys. Yeah, I. I I guess it doesn't. I mean, sound both that- Dan- Danielson and Mox have had beef yeah. with 2.0 and uh, Garcia, haven't they? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, I I am a little like like hey, look, let's see where it goes. But I think the name is pretty silly. But I I guess that's a theme in wrestling lately, or just always. Mm. But yeah, I'm a little bummed. Garcia is not like a-, a on his own, or like in that that regal camp there or whatever that is going to be. Or maybe that's the eventual storyline where they steal him or something or I don't, I don't know. But yeah, uh, I, I loved, I love the angle. I loved everything. I just, I did genuinely laugh when he said Jericho appreciation. And then that's entertainment is uh, what is on the giant light up Sam, the record man sign in Dundas square in Toronto. And it's also mm. RJ city's catchphrase. So I'm sure he's not too uh. Uh, 
Happy that Jericho now uses it. <laughs> and that's entertainment. We go to our next segment, which is the AEW World Title Match. Yeah, there's already another Hangman defense, and it's happening right now because apparently, according to the rankings, Dante Martin is the number one contender. I don't look at these rankings, but uh, really, well, so he's he's seven and one in singles matches in 2022. So he's ranked second, but I guess Scorpio Sky is ranked first, but is going for the TNT title. So yeah, I guess that that makes him number one contender. Well, he's gonna face Hangman here, and Hangman's also a nice lad, isn't he? He's like, come on, I'll give you a shot. Yeah, all right, I'll give you a shot. Uh, Hangman rocking his uh, rainbow. Uh, gear again looking fly mm. and then dante kind of and him go back and forth but dante of course a lot of high flying and evading a lot of hangman's move eventually hits like flying crossbody and he goes to the outside which allows hangman to hit a pass like the pescada crossbody to him to the outside as they go to picture in picture when we come back there's uh well dante keeps trying to brawl there, there's lots of clotheslines back and forth knocking each other down dante runs the ropes when we come back pops up into the air, but gets caught into the Death Valley driver for a kick out. He eventually hits a series of kicks and then this like flying, almost top rope, uh, like John Woo drop kick to Hangman, sending him crashing for a near fall. He then, there's a cool finish sequence here when he goes to hit, I think it's Hangman goes to hit him on the outside. He counters that, then Hangman counters that counter, and Dante goes up on the top rope. While Hangman's on the outside, and then he goes to do a flip, but Hangman basically makes him, what, backflip all the way back into the ring, which now he's standing in the middle of the ring. Hangman's on the apron, does the flip over, buckshot lariat, just tw this guy went twisting inside out, and Hangman picks up the win. Yeah, um, great finish. Kind of reminded me of that, uh, like, sort of the Osprey Hiromu thing, you know, when it was all. Like back and forth on the outside with the German flipping over and and then the like Sasuke special. It kind of reminded me yeah. like that, um, but ending with the buckshot. I do like how I I think it was you that brought this up on the the Revolution show. How um, the buckshot lariat could be like quite a contrived move to try and set it up, but the way Hangman manages to find himself in that position to hit it all the time, it's not like he's waiting for it ever it it was pretty uh yeah pretty pretty cool finish there um the match itself it, it wasn't too long there was um so obviously dante martin's pretty impressive but no one's buying really that dante martin is winning the title here so stakes weren't really there but you yeah, say that like you say that but dolph ziggler is nxt champion <laughs> yeah, well, dolph ziggler's not dante martin is he i'm just saying upsets can happen they can happen in wrestling. No, yeah, yeah. Anything can happen in wrestling. Yeah. No, yeah. I know. Uh, but yeah, great finish. Yeah, the cool sequence there was pretty nice. Uh, but Hangman grabs a microphone afterwards, and he says, Dante, come here for a second. And he says, you've had a tough year, but you made it, and you, you've proven yourself. And he just bigs up Dante as being this, like, you know, what a, what a year he's had with his brother being injured, and now he's back, and, like, a hot young like prospect and this hot young star when Adam Cole interrupts them and says, shut up, stop talking. You beat me. It was a fluke and says, how about we have another match next week in a six man tag team match. And he says, you pick two people and I'll pick my two friends. 
and he kind of hints like, and they're my two friends and you don't want to face them because they're your, they used to be your friends too. Or he kind of teases the fact that it's the young bucks. So, uh, yeah, which sets up a six man tag. But yeah, I liked, I liked Hangman kind of, he, there's still some booze for, for Hangman, but mostly get, especially when he gets Dante over, the crowd was definitely back on his side. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Uh, well, I mean, we'll talk, I guess we'll talk about that six man tag a bit later, but next is the Danielson Moxley duo with William Regal. And I mean, here is a visual I just marked out for again here on this show. We've, yeah, we didn't even mention this, this here. Brian Danielson makes his entrance with William Regal walking <laughs> behind him. Just bravo. I was like, wow, what a, could have brought a tear to my eye. And boy, I wasn't ready for what was going to come. So Mox then comes out and it's the team of Danielson and Moxley versus the work horsemen, meaning JD Drake and Anthony Henry. Yes. He, we've seen this guy in uh, NXT. Yeah, he was, uh, Zane we saw this guy in evolve and then he went to, uh, yeah, went to, was in NXT briefly. I'm trying to remember his, uh, Ari, Ari Sterling. Was he there? I think he was Ari Sterling, but didn't last too long. Um, but yeah, him and JD Drake uh, had have been like tag champions together in in indie promotions. They, Asher Hale. They had a, Asher Hale. Okay, that's right. Thank you, Frank. Um, the they chat. had that feud in Evolve as we were kind of covering those shows. Uh, he's got a real sort of like MMA style. He's always impressed when I've seen him. So um, yeah, kind of cool to see him on Dynamite here. And JD Drake not kind of repping the wingmen. Mm. So he's kind of on his yeah. own, maybe. Maybe he's broken away from from these guys. But yeah, so these two going up against these these killers of Danielson and Mox. Danielson is in there. He's hitting this series of yes kicks to J.D. Drake, just killing him with it. We get thank you, Regal Chance, I guess, because he brought these boys together. Uh, Danielson locks in a surfboard on Henry here as... Uh, there's then, or, or they try, yeah, they lock him in a surfboard and then they do like a double team with like a strikes while the guy's in it. Uh, Mox goes to do a dive and he kind of eats shit almost, but like makes it work and just starts punching the guy. I mean, when, when in doubt, just do that. And it works with his style, I guess, but it was kind of funny. Um, in the ring after that spot to take out, uh, Henry, we get the boo psycho knee to JD Drake and then the paradigm shift on the outside. And then Danielson locks in the LaBelle lock and gets the, the, the submission victory here. But again, kind of a, a quick match and obviously super over with the crowd. I loved seeing this, but I was kind of like, man, I know JD Drake and I seen enough of that Asher Hale, Anthony Henry guy to kind of like, I know there's probably a lit match in there, but I get that you wanted to get these two over as your top, top, top guys but but still it was awesome to see this. yeah it's one of those things if it was like at a at an indie, indie show, show i think it would have been an absolute killer but realistically here this is the first match danielson and moxie together i don't know if jd drake has won a single match in <laughs> never, aw never um and anthony Hen- like anthony henry's not signed by them as far as i'm aware so it this was the match you were gonna get but you know, I, I, I'm with you. I know there's probably a really good match between these four here, but it kind of wasn't the intent of of this. Yeah, and they looked they looked awesome. I mean, after the match is kind of, I guess, the real story, where now both guys are in the middle of the ring, Tony Schiavone's in the ring, and William Regal gets in the ring, and Tony hands off to Mike, and I swear he says, your lordship, Mr. Yes. Regal. So he hands him the, the ring. 
Uh, Regal gets on the microphone and says, wow, Tony Shivani, I met you 29 years ago and time is just flying by. I was, I was, uh, here on TBS a long, long time ago. And now I'm 53. I've lived a hard life and I've battled. And he then goes, Tony, you know, you really helped me. You were the first person to really help me when I came to America. And he gets a little emotional and starts kind of crying and choked up here. And Tony's like, well, I love you, man. You know, you know, you're a real one when Tony Schiavone calls you man. Man. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> We've d- we uh, do that a lot. That was a great move, man. Yeah, it, man. It is take a shot every time Tony says man. He literally um, shows up. I, I, I watched some of BTE this week and he shows up and he's literally like, yeah, man. Like he says it even <laughs> when he's not saying it. Like, yeah, man. He's got his earrings and everything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, William, William Regal. Regal insults his suit, though. He's like, hey, you need a better tailor. <laughs> you piece of shit. <laughs> uh, so William Regal says that, yeah, he's led a hard life and many battles in the ring and battles with myself. He says that uh, I was no longer required in my old job. Boo. But he says uh, after that, he totally checked out of the industry completely. When someone told me Daniel Bryan or sorry, Brian Danielson mentioned me a few times and i i was always brought up with the mention of danielson because he always mentioned me so then people and new generations of fans would would know who i was so i I always wanted to be like danielson and then he says don't worry i'll talk about mox in a second but then says danielson you were what i wanted to be i wanted to be the perfect wrestler but i couldn't be but danielson is the perfect wrestler and then looks at Mox and says, Mox, uh, yeah, you're cool too, man. <laughs> <laughs> you're all right too. But back to Danielson. No. <laughs> yeah, it was like I've, I've known Danielson for 20-odd years and, and we would stay. He'd come and, and be the last one training and we'd stay after midnight and he'd ask me questions. And, I mean, if I didn't have my problems, uh, I could have been the wrestler that Daniel, uh, Brian Danielson is. And Moxley, I've known you 11 years and you're sadistic, man. (laughs) You're fucked up. (laughs) You're fucked up. But then he's like, but you, you did something that I admired. I heard that you two were fighting and I, I thought, well, that would be a good time to, to witness some all elite wrestling because it caught his eye that these two would be fighting because you were fighting. You were men. You did it the right way. And now you've, you've come together and then they kind of like, step closer it's almost like a unit here now and regal says it's it's time for anyone who wants to challenge these two going forward because they are the top in this industry step up or and get stepped on says william regal so now regal is going to manage brian danielson and john moxley what is going on take all my money please this is great yeah i love it we all know it's really well documented you know brian's history with regal but as far as I'm aware, apart from that, what was it, Saturday morning slam or whatever, where they had a match and Regal came out to his... He's a uh, man. Real match. Exactly. Apart from that, I'm not really aware of much interaction of them together on screen. So actually having them paired up, as you said, just the visual... The visual. Regal walking out with Brian uh, was awesome. So, um, yeah, like just... Just kind of furthering what happened at the pay-per-view. But I, I really, uh, really like this. And Regal is such a great talker. He's so natural. 
I mean, yeah. I mean, if we get this, these guys creating their own camp and they get other dudes as well, like obviously maybe not Garcia, but all these other wrestlers, Lee Moriarty, they've also mentioned as well, but just, or just being a tag team. I mean, instantly they could be champions or fight feud with other teams. We mentioned maybe Eddie Kingston will get help from these guys down the line, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind seeing them like even be, be champions uh, and just be mm. killing, just killing people, but having some good matches as well. And obviously young bucks would be uh, kind of a, a big match. FTR versus these guys. Sound FTR great. Would be great. There's so many, yeah. there's so hardy boys. No, there's so many, there's so many different ones that we could go, but yeah, I really love it. Probably one of my favorite segments this year, uh, just because I, I, I've watched William Regal on NXT for quite a long time, too goddamn long. I mean, we do was next, and we do, we have a thing on the show called Regalisms, like every week. So, mm. like, we've watched a lot of this guy. We know, like, we feel like we know a lot about him and his iguanas and all that shit. So, it was so cool seeing him and Danielson in the same segment with Mox there, and uh, and Mox helped too. No, uh, no, Mox. <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna be eventually like they're gonna feud again, like way way past like down the line and then it'll be great again one of the but first together they need to rupture some custard there you go ruptured the custard yeah, yeah exactly uh <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna kick people's heads in so bad that they they won't be no oil painting no no <laughs> again you don't know the regalisms unless you listen to what's <laughs> next but shout out william regal uh we go to the Dark Order backstage, they're being interviewed and they're asked about the kind of uh, dissension with Hangman when Hangman shows up and they're like, oh, and Hangman says, hey, uh, I hope you don't mind that uh, I got a tag team match next week. And they Dark Order say, hey, who's gonna, who, what team are you going to pick? You know, are you going to switch it up? Could it be Alan Angels and um, is it Anna J? He said Anna J. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we get Alan Angels with his tie dye shirt and his dangly earring. Which oh yeah, great. Um, but then he's trying things, Brayden. He's yeah. <laughs> at love least it. he's trying. I love it. No, I love it. Uh, I think he's finally. Fi- I think he's finally found it. Um, and keep keep trying, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> the danglies is such a wrestling thing, though. So, like, dude, I would yeah. if I could. So, rock it if you can. Um, but he has to let them know that he's actually not picked them as a team. As he actually ran into Jurassic Express in the hallway, and they still want some beef with the Bucks. So. Actually, he's going to team with them, and then the Dark Order are actually like, "Oh, actually, we we didn't we didn't think it was going. To, we have stuff to do anyways." And they all make up excuses about how they didn't actually think it was going to be them in uh, mm. in the match. But yeah, Alex that. Reynolds definitely. I think Alex Reynolds was the one Hangman shoved away during the during the title match, and he definitely seemed more pissed than the other guys were. The others seemed more like, "Oh man, a bit disappointed," but Reynolds seemed. Uh, even when Hangman was apologizing earlier, didn't quite seem on board with it. Um, yeah, so perhaps dissension here. Does it lead to another debut? <laughs> Is that where we get Bray Wyatt take these guys? Fuck. Yeah, I guess. I mean... Uh... <laughs> well, I mean, why... They've got to debut someone next week, don't they? Yeah, that's true. Every week, you can't have a show without a debut. So, <laughs> a debut. I don't know. Uh, I, I, we've been saying that for a while that like it would make sense with the whole Brody connection and stuff. Like, fuck, why not? I just, I don't see, I don't see the point of really building any tension between Dark Order and Hangman because it's not like there's going to be a member of Dark Order that is going to have a big feud with Hangman for the title. 
So I don't really see what the benefit is in splitting them off unless it is to maybe either bring someone in or turn Hangman, which I can't really see you doing. No. Um, just otherwise, I, I can't say I'm really into the, the inner feuding with the, with the Dark Order because I think we've, we've seen it already, you know, Hangman kind of leaving them for a bit to go and find himself. And uh, so I, I feel we may be retreading unless there's going to be another wrinkle added to this. Hangman is just the most uh, relatable character in wrestling. I mean, cause he's not only the anxious millennial cowboy, but he's also, he just has uh, like what issues with like locking it down. He's just got like, it's getting yeah. too close. You know, he just, doesn't like it so maybe that's the the story here but uh yeah so now i don't know will he have a pa- partner partners next week um but we get the next match which was announced that because hangman's title match was so short this match is happening which is now pack versus yuda wheeler which is kind of like wcw used to do we- wheeler yuta we- what did i say Euler wheeler wheeler yuda wheeler wheeler yeah. yuda no, I, I like it. I think it makes sense. If you're announcing 60-minute time limits to matches and you've got a two-hour show, Like, I think it it makes sense to have these kind of backup things. Um, I would have maybe have liked to have seen, you know, Swerve tonight um, rather right. than on Rampage. I think you've, you've, you could have used that instead. Um, it seemed a bit like, why are these two fighting? Because they're two... I know Pac's a, a bastard... Um, but he's pretty much a baby face now, as is um, best friend. So it felt a little weird, but I like I like the attention to detail and being like, "Hey, we've we've got extra time, so we put this match together." Uh, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wheeler is kind of the the enhancement talent, though. He's usually put in these slots. I mean, I'm thinking of that time Moxley murdered him, and then again, yeah. so it happens a lot. Uh, but when they come to this match, I mean, William Regal talked for a while. It wasn't quite Mr. T at the Hall of Fame, but it was like, it, was, it felt like it went a little long that this match, as soon as it started, they're like, and we'll be right back after this picture in picture. It's like, oh, okay, geez. Uh, when they come back, the, the guys are throwing each other around on the outside. There's Pack hitting a suplex. Um, and then like a, almost like a brain buster. We get back in. Wheeler gets some strikes in, but Pack hits his strikes, like the kicks and stuff. Wheeler counters a, a a move and hits an overhead release German suplex, kind of like Kurt Angle used to do. Pack selling it great, but Pack kicks out and then hits one of his own German suplexes, but it's the bridging one for a two count. There's then a brain buster and then a superplex, which looked pretty cool. It's like they almost like slipped when they fell, and then the rings of Saturn. Pack beats Wheeler. Yuda, Yuda Wheeler, Wheeler Yuda. Wheeler, Utah. Uh, Dickie Britt yeah. in the Twitch chat says Utah Jazz, which I've never Wheeler Utah Jazz. <laughs> okay, now I know. Okay, not Utah Wheeler Jazz. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I mean, this felt like a match that Tony Khan just put together because the World Championship didn't go too long. It was yeah. very much just slotted there. I mean, both guys are good wrestlers. Um, I can't say it really held my interest much at all. Um. I did think Yuta did a, a nice... His German, he did like a, a roll through the ropes into it, which I thought looked looked pretty nice. But yeah, not not much to really say about it. Uh, yeah, I, it was just kind of there. Yeah. And just so many so many dorks on the outside of the ring. Oh, we didn't this. even look, talk about you that. You look on the outside and you've got... Yeah. You've got Penta in his... 
um, Penta Oscuro gimmick, which really isn't working for... Like, this isn't Penta Dark from Lucha Underground. This is Penta lost his Joker outfit, so he's just got his old black one and found a shovel with his with his mate from QVC who's dressed up as a vampire for some reason. Danhausen. <laughs> Orange Cassidy. And yeah. like... When when Chucky T's the like most normal looking dude on the outside <laughs> of the ring, you know, it's just you looking like what am I what am I watching right now? Oh, yeah, I I did I did happen to just like I was like watching this match and I wasn't super into it, but like hey, I do like both guys, but it was just a quick match. But I'm like watching it kind of like fists resting on my head, and then the I I just slowly like my eyes pan and I'm like, what the fuck is that? Is that a vampire? No, it's okay. That's Alex dressed as death. And then, like, I looked at Penta. Yeah, everyone just looked weird. I, th- but I, I almost felt it was a missed opportunity when you've got all these, like, like weirdos on the outside. You could have done something with, you know, Dan Housen cursing Alex because they both just look fucking ridiculous. What do you think JR thought about this segment? But it, it just felt like that. It just felt like they were all stood there, like like William Regal in that last match, just stood there trying to look all normal. But they all look like they're in costume. They oh, are yeah. in uh, costume. But they are in costume. <laughs> dude, but do you know what I mean? There's a dude it's not cursing like people. I don't know. <laughs> it's not like they're all being like. Uh, like doing creepy weird shit on the outside. They're just like stood there lined up with white face paint on and and shovels and hoods and fuck. Imagine, imagine someone was channel flipping and just found that and they didn't know what the fuck was going on. They're like, what the fuck's this guy doing? This face paint? JR said something about like Oh yeah, Danhausen. <laughs> well people people seem to be into him. <laughs> <laughs> Code like, core, I hate him. That's what he said. He couldn't. He, he couldn't hide it anymore. And then we go into the next segment, and then he's like, "Oh, the Cutler Cam, whatever the fuck that is." <laughs> <laughs> Just grumpy old Jr. Yeah. Wow. Just, uh, just a weird. Just. I'm weird... literally. My next note is Jr. Hates everything. <laughs> Well, we go from that. We go from Danhausen and uh, those characters. We go to Adam Cole backstage with the Young Bucks and Red Dragon, and um, Adam Cole's. Uh, sorry, the Bucks are kind of blaming Red Dragon for them not winning last Sunday, and the Red Dragon are like, "No, it was not our fault. It was your fault." And they start bickering. When Cole says, "Come on, stop," because next week. I'm going to team with two of my best friends and they live in your head rent free hangman and they know how to throw a party and the bucks say yo Adam uh we told you like sorry we just we won't fight hangman sorry we just won't do it and Cole says what whoa I wasn't going to pick you anyways I was picking red dragon and then they walk off and the bucks walk off yeah, I I liked it because in the promo earlier, Cole was definitely alluding to the Bucks. He was like, uh, these young guys who are the best tag teams in the world. Like, everything he was saying sounded yeah. more like he was talking about the Bucks. Um, so, yeah, still, he's in a bit of a love triangle with these two teams. But I do like that the Bucks refuse to have anything to do with Hangman since that Kenny match. Yeah, yeah, because they get, they'll get back together and be boys. For sure. Maybe. Yeah, for sure. Maybe. 
I I do think it's may it makes uh, Kyle and Fish look like geeks because after that they're like, oh, he was talking about us. Oh, okay, yeah, cool. Because they were like, like they're they they're not they're not over the fact that they can't see that he's they're being used still. Yeah. Kind of thing. Like, you know how that was Fish's thing and then Kyle came in and then that kind of stopped. But now it's kind of, yeah. now it's kind of just, he's doing it to both of them, which is like, no, they should still kind of be the, the more cohesive unit because then you could do, you know, uh, Undisputed Era. Sorry. I'm going to call it the three of them versus, versus the Bucks and Hangman. And then, you know, mm. Hangman eventually can get taken out. And that's when you bring in Babyface Kenny and you do that match now. And I mean, that's just, that's like a whole, bit of feud to go to go forward with the two, two teams but next week i would assume that because the dark order didn't like hangman kind of shading them or forgetting about him i think hangman's going to since he praised dante i think he's going to get top flight to go up against uh cole and red dragon well no he said he's got he's got jurassic express yeah but won't he change can he change his mind since they're not facing the bucks anyways or you think he's still just going to have... Oh, I, I'm with you. Uh, I don't know. AEW normally don't really do the switches. Yeah. Um, I, I I thought earlier in the night it was going to be top flight from like the little promo after. Um, but no, I th- maybe maybe it's more to set up Jurassic Express's next feud. And that's what this dissension's about. It's more to have, like whether it be Silver and Reynolds or Uno and Grayson, maybe be... Uh, Jurassic Express's next challenges. Right. Oh, okay. With, with Dark Order having a bit more of an edge because they're jealous. Maybe that's the way you go. Yeah, that could work. Uh, yeah, why not? Yeah, I totally forgot that he, he said that because it made sense that they would... Or f- Alan and Al- Anna Jay, you know? Maybe them. Fuck Anna, it. Anna. I love how the John Silver, Anna Jay meme has made it through all aspects of the internet now. Like They're, they're like officially a meme meme. Like the, it's him talking to her where she's like shocked. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? You know what I'm talking about? It, it's recreating the other. Man. Yeah. That's it's recreating the guy it. talking to the girl in the club, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's so I've seen it like in the deep crevices of every meme thing I've been looking like. I don't need to know about the deep crevices <laughs> of the internet you're looking at. <laughs> where I keep seeing John Silver pop up. Uh, we go to FTR backstage and there's they're there with tully and they're talking about how they they lost both the battle royals and tully kind of says yeah you lost them fdr uh, dax the axe starts talking about his family and how he's doing this for his family when tully kind of gets a little heated here and says like yo yeah you gotta you gotta work you gotta he kind of sounded like he was rambling to me and then uh, the, the dax the axe is like i keep calling him dax the axe dax is like hey like this is this is our family, and kind of gets a little aggressive with him when Dash Cash Wheeler, fuck's sake, Cash separates them. You never forget their their old names. Cash separates them and says, "You know what? This is about family, and you're not really family, are you?" So you know what, Tully, you're fired. That's right. FTR fire Tully Blanchard. This thing really left field. And they cut to the next thing right away without even Tully leaving the, the scene. It was like so like out of nowhere. I mean, I wonder if Tully is just taking a break. So it's because this seemed very sudden. It's not like these that Tully and FTR have shown much tension up until now. I didn't get why they, they were going on about family so much. 
Like, what, what do you mean? Have here? families, by God. Well, yeah, but like, what's what's that got to do with tag team wrestling? Like, I I don't know. Like, it it seemed very uh, quite random here, and all I wonder is maybe Tully is just leaving for a bit, like going and and taking a break from being on the road or something. So that's why they're just writing him out all of a sudden. Um, otherwise, it felt like you know. Do you remember when AOP moved to the main roster and then? Paul Ellering was with them and then they were like, nah, Paul, we're not with you anymore and just sent him away. Oh. And everyone was like, oh, I don't think maybe Paul Ellering doesn't want to travel. And then Paul Ellering went, no, I I, I kind of want to still be doing it. It just felt very sudden like that. Hmm. Um, odd. Yeah, kind of weird because, I mean, the pairing was was fine. I mean, look, they're they're definitely, they were fine without Tully before and and maybe they just want to get away from, from that. I don't know. Maybe they have some plans of what they what they're gonna do, but yeah, I I, I would assume we get FTR versus uh, Jurassic Express down the line. Um, like we mentioned, Brian and Mox, they could face FTR. That would be great. I know. Would you assume the Supercard of Honor show is FTR Briscoes? I would think so. Yeah. I think it's finally gonna happen, and and, and I mean, if Tony owns them now, so like, why not? But do you think there may be? eliminating tully they're trying to kind of maybe not baby faces but move them into a bit more of a tween role where you're gonna see them like cheating a bit less and because here like the way dax was talking sounded true like like you know passionate oh i'm doing this for my kids i'm doing it for my family all that but tully would baby face you if tully was your baby face manager too like arn and cody right like yeah so. true yeah. Yeah, it just just feel, felt this didn't really like work for me. It felt very odd. It felt weird. And I love these guys, but it 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 did feel weird. Uh well, speaking of stables breaking up and families. Well, one family to another, yeah. Yeah, one family is left broken and will another have the same fate? The Hardy, sorry. The Andrade Hardy family office meeting. There we go. They're all in the ring sort of, which means private party, butcher and the blade. Which Butcher and the Blade, easily best fit in the game of wrestling. I mean, Blade's rocking, like, this, like, black face mask with, like, what was it, like, a hoodie on and, like, all black and then, like, the white shoes or something. And then, I mean, B- Butcher is just uh, a beast of a man with, like, the hair. He looks like he he's, he's like, related in some motorcycle gangs or just an 80s bad guy or something. Uh, and then we have, sorry, Andrade and his lawyer, Jose. Jose. And then the jacked dude, yeah, jacked Jose, right, yeah, and Matt Hardy, they're all in the ring. It should should it, wait. Should it be noted that Matt Hardy is not wearing a suit jacket? <laughs> yeah, he's in he's in jeans and a and a shirt and sneakers. Did anyone else notice that? No, no one gave a fuck except Andrade, who's like, "Yo, why the fuck aren't you wearing a suit? This is a Hardy, sorry, Andrade Hardy family office meeting." And then everyone's kind of like, oh, I guess he's not wearing a, a a suit. But he's wearing a nice, like, you know, he's wearing a collared shirt. Matt Hardy says, look, I've worn suits a lot time on and off. And I know that every time I wear one of those, I turn into an asshole like you two. Meaning every time he wears a suit, he's a heel. Um, so they're going to have a big vote here to see if they're going to kick out Matt Hardy. So they all are going to have to put their thumbs up and then, or thumbs down to vote Matt Hardy out or in. And Matt says, well, at least I got my boys private party because I know they won't 
vote me out. So they put their thumbs up. And then he looks over at Andrade and Jose, who put their thumbs down. And then when Matt Hardy's talking to Andrade, private parties slowly turn their thumbs down instead of being up. And Andrade, no. Andrade says, in this business, always wash your back. <laughs> he did say wash, but watch your back. And that's when Matt realizes private party have put their hands down. And that's when all, the Butcher and the Blade also attack Matt Hardy. All of them attack Matt Hardy. And they're beating them down when Sting and Darby Allen, Darby Allen's music hits, and they come down to the ring and they start beating these guys up. But still, there's the numbers game, the numbers advantage when the music hits. It's loaded. It's the Jeff Hardy. It's the Hardy Boys theme song playing. That's it. Do the do the fucking things. The fucking finger guns. I was hype. I stood up like like started just doing it. I was I was I was loving it. So did uh, Jeff. He's like, my brother's being murdered here, but gotta get the dance in. <laughs> What's going on down it's there? My AW oh, debut. Bam, you gotta get bam, it in. Bam, bam, uh, he runs down. He cleans house. He hits the side Russian leg sweep. He then hits uh, uh what did he, he hits a few other moves here and then eventually hits the the twist of fate from Matt Hardy then the swanton bomb sending the crowd home happy and Matt Hardy Jeff Hardy the Hardy boys hug it out live on dynamite what a moment yeah great great hugs love hugs in wrestling we all knew where it was going but uh yeah, cool to see them together again, I guess. We kind of talked about it all at the beginning. But. Yeah, yeah, we, we definitely talked about it. And I, I look, I've, I've, I've definitely loved seeing the brotherly love. I, I, if they are going to do one last run, why not do it? I want to see that Bucks match again. And we've set up already for like a, a tag and an eight-man, you know? Um, yeah, I mean... Do you get... You, you could get a ten-man with Andrade as well, but like private party versus... Hardy the Hardy Boys. Boys, you got Hardy Boys, Darby and Sting against Butcher Blade and Private Party. Um, yeah, if they find they can find a fifth guy and Punk, have Punk with them. He needs to he needs to apologize. No, to Jeff, yeah, that's he? what I'm saying. Hold on, there's a whole other. That's what I mean. Like, there's so many other. Like, I like Jeff Hardy as a single star too, and I think there's that whole thing where Punk. I think he's got to. I think it's like a, ba- a passing moment. He did bring it up the other week, didn't he? What? Je- uh, yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Punk mentioning that. Yeah, honestly. So, but he he's kind of boys with uh, Sting and Darby. So I want to see them hug the it fifth out. If you're having a ten man with Andrade and stuff. Fuck yes, dude. See what I mean? Like this is. And you could do like Punk. Punk did the makeup. Did the Sting makeup? Didn't he? Yeah. You could have him now because he famously like came out dressed, dressed up as, as Jeff yeah, Hardy dressed up as him. after he left. <laughs> he can do it again, but this time you know as a baby face. Oh, it'd be so good. I would lose it. I would love it. I think that would be a great callback. Fuck yeah. Oh, man. That'd be wild. Book it. Fucking book it. Let Sting jump off. Yo, Sting's going to jump off shit with Jeff Hardy. And they have history. So much history. The infamous history. Like, oh, it's all coming. TNA is just alive and well in AEW with Sting and Jeff Hardy hanging around. No, I mean, uh, we got to get Jeff Hardy versus Darby Allin in a death match or something. Like a crazy (laughs) ladder TLC who can do the craziest shit match. That's obviously got to happen at one point as well. But yeah, uh, I am super stoked uh, about this. And uh, yeah, I can't, I want to see CM Punk and him do the, do a hug. 
It's got to be like I saw someone post a meme where it's like Brett and Sean hugging it out on Raw all those right. years later. It's got to be like that with Punk and Jeff. But it was with it was with Matt and Jeff, and it was a great moment. Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sports book, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOSB, you'll be all set for when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams and all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOSB. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio on one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. You're a holiday powerhouse. You host the dinners, shovel neighbors, sidewalks, and make everything from scratch. You definitely don't need help making the holidays happen. But Dunkin's Holiday Blend Coffee? A warming medium roast complete with sweet notes of dried fruit and molasses. Or a cranberry orange muffin made with real cranberries just might convince you a little help never hurt. Especially the hot caffeinated kind. America runs on Duncan. Present participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. We then go to Shane Swerve Strickland backstage with Tony Schiavone, who is just working tonight. He is then interrupted. I don't know what the whole shtick is with new people being interrupted or just people in general always being interrupted in AEW. But uh, Tony Nice interrupts Swerve here. Which is like, wow, we've seen a bit of this because of their history in NXT and 205 Live. And they say, they they mention that Swerve has his match and it's going to be against Tony. And they're going to revisit their Friday nights all over again. And Swerve says, I'll bless you again like I used to. So Swerve versus Nice, 205 Live Rampage this Friday. Mm. Yeah, I'd like to check it out. Um, are we? I wonder if we're talking about that on our... Best match ever, 205. Yes. Uh, if that match will be coming up. Um, but, yeah, I, I like Swerve's shirt he was wearing. It looked very, it looked nice. Yeah, he's always uh, But, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see where, like, Swerve's positioned in AEW. I personally would have liked him to have had a match on this show, maybe then, rather than one of the others that was on there, just to, because I do kind of see Rampage as the B show, you know, being late on a Friday night, I think, if you want a guy to kind of make a bit of an impact, I think it should be on, on dynamite. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll watch the match for sure. Uh, we go to our next segment, which is Wardlow. This is war. He comes out looking fly. He has a microphone since he's hot off his big win from the face of the revolution ladder match. I'm happy. He didn't bring out the, the giant cock ring. So <laughs> the giant Sonic, the hedgehog coin. Yeah. Thing. Uh, he says that he still technically works for MJF, but he worked for trash. He says the only reason I worked for MJF is, well, back in the day, I, I grew up poor. I had to watch my mother, who had a heart of gold, struggle to raise myself and my sister. And he knew that if he wanted to fulfill his dream of being a pro wrestler, that it could be uh, 
his his out and he could help his family. He mentioned uh, winning the match last week as well and kind of uh, getting the opportunity for the TNC title. And he says that Max was the way of getting in the door. He paid me and he paid me a lot and he changed my life. And I'm always thankful of that. But now I am free and there's a lot, lots of Wardlow chants. And then he says, Max, I hope you're as intelligent as you claim to be. So release me from this bullshit contract. And uh, he wants to, to be a free man. But either way, he will be facing the winner of the TNT title match tonight, next week, on the St. Patrick's Day Slam. And he kind of made it seem like if he like if he became champion, that would get him a contract, is kind of what I assumed from it. I, I don't know why it's so hard for this dude to get signed by AEW, because literally everyone else has been signed. I can't wait by this for that company. graphic. <laughs> I know. And Wardlow's no, like, yo, I, too many new I've people. been showing up every year. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> too no many room. debuts. We need yeah. a Jeff Hardy. Sorry. Um, no, I thought, I thought Wardlow sounded good here. I think the crowd, um, they've done a great job building this turn, and I think he does have this a real natural charisma and a bit of a, like a bit of a swag about him as well. Um, so I, I think it was the right move having him win this thing. And uh, yeah, I mean, obviously we skipping to the end, there's a title change and I have a feeling it, that <laughs> title gonna change title isn't going to last too long. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Cause I, I think you just, you strap the belt on this guy next week. Yeah. Or MJF costs him. The title uh, as well. Perhaps, yeah, that's an option as well. Because he's probably pretty mad at him. Uh, I could see. Or that's a way to get the title on MJF uh, as well. The the TNT? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, even though I do think he could be a uh, world heavyweight champion. I feel he's a world, world champion picture kind of guy, but could yeah. be. Uh, I thought Wardlow sounded good too. Uh, he looks the part. He gets super over. The story's been writing itself, but yeah, it is kind of, it's almost WWE esque because it's like, oh, I work for Max, actually. It's like, Tony should come out and be like Triple H and be like, no, you get the contract now. You're signed. You win. You're over. Get the, raise his hand. But yeah. I mean, you've got Regal there. Regal can do that now for Tony. Yeah. <laughs> Wardlow! <laughs> Not War Games, but Regal saying Wardlow. <laughs> Wardlow. <yeah. laughs> We're going to get yeah. Regal saying Blood and Guts, right? <laughs> I We've got to, yeah. I, it's not the same, though. That's why he's going to be Wardlow. Blood and Guts. Yeah. Blood and Guts. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it'll be great. They'll get it over. Uh, he, unless you get rid of the, the and and it's just Blood, blood guts. guts. Blood Guts. Yeah. That, that, that does work. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds work. cool, that actually. That sounds pretty yeah. lit. Yeah, it's all right. Put that on a t-shirt. We go to Keith. Blood Guts. We go to our next segment, and it's Keith Lee, who, guess what? Oh, my God, he's interrupted. This guy's <laughs> gimmick is he's get, he gets interrupted. Fuck's sake. QT Marshall, who has no fucking business whatsoever interrupting him after <laughs> just, I don't know what's going on. Keith Lee says, uh, well, I don't want any part of you. QT says, you know, I helped train Hook. I'm pretty good. So, you know, you should. we got your back. The factory's got your back. You know, team with us. And Keith Lee says, you know, sorry, but no thanks, and, like, leaves. So QT's a little upset and says, you'll pay for this. <laughs> Literally just like that. I laughed so loud. This was so bad. You know I love my QT, but, oh, my God. What the fuck? Yeah, we we all have a soft spot for QT. We all do. Um, He's a QT. Yeah, this, 
I mean, I, I feel I'm saying this every week. They're dropping the ball with Keith Lee. Here, yeah, I think um, to start with just his presentation, he's he's stood back there in tracksuit bottoms, his hood up. He he doesn't look like he cares. He's in a hoodie. You know? He's just chilling. Yeah, he's in a hoodie. Really he weird. just looks all right. I'm here again. I'm not working. It's non-uniform day at school. That kind of thing. And then he's interrupted by Cutie Marshall. And it's like, is this the feud we're doing? Like he's feuding with Team Taz and Cutie Marshall, which means he's probably going to be feuding with Aaron Solo and Nick Camarado. It's I, oh, right. I felt like the way this guy debuted, it felt like a real big deal and that this would be like a, a featured guy. And it, it's not coming across that way. And I think when when you're signing these people so quickly, like there's a new hot signee every week, it can be very quick where you're kind of forgotten about and back of the line. And I, I'm seeing that every week with Keith Lee. Um, so, yeah, I, I can't say this really enthuses me at all. Yeah, I, I like Keith Lee, but this was this was pretty bad. He just was chilling in a hoodie again. Like it's just such an afterthought. It's just didn't win the match. Nothing with nothing with pa- where's Powerhouse Hobbs? I thought that that was the feud. He him and they, Hobbs. They brought that up. They brought that up because that was QT's reason for talking to him. It's like yeah. we've we've both got an issue with Team Taz, but yeah, I I don't think this feels like a distraction. Just Hobbs isn't doing anything else. Just. Like, go to the... At least, okay, not a match, but have an interaction or something here. Like, or... My main... Or have Keith... Like, like the main... A main thing that I find AEW... Like, think about, like, the past, literally, since since forever. That they they put someone that is, like, huge and, and good and people are so into. But they kind of put them on the back burner until they, until they strike. And then, like, they push them. So, I think that's just... There's too many cooks going right now. Like, they just pulled the trigger on Wardlow into that TNT. Mm. They just pulled the trigger on someone else tonight for the title, which I think leads to like, there's, there's just no room to do that with Keith Lee at the same time. So that's why they just do this to keep him there. And then like one day, boom, he gets the opportunity. And then the the story, I think it was a mistake putting him in the match. Me too. In that ladder match. I think you should have had him on the, on the pre-show doing just like he did with Isaiah Casti, you know, just throwing someone around, looking impressive, hitting his big power moves. Yeah. And then maybe get attacked after by a powerhouse Hobbs or whatever to set up the angle and have a bit of an angle at the pay-per-view and move that forwards as a bit of a program. Because, uh, yeah, I I just feel you've you had him have that one squash match. He kind of went 50-50 with J.D. Drake on Rampage. Lost the lost the ladder match. And other than that, it's just been chilling backstage in a hoodie and doesn't, the character doesn't really seem too asked about being there. Yeah. And I, there's, there's something just definitely not working. And I don't think QT Marshall helps that equation. Shout out QT. We go to, (laughs) he's great. We go to the acclaimed. I can't get yo, listen out of my head from, listen from JR. Yo, listen, (laughs) So good. Uh, the Man. Acclaimed... <laughs> no, that's that's Tony. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> man. Yeah, man. We we get the acclaimed. They do a little rap here uh, to go up against Jurassic Express for the AEW tag titles right here. But the acclaimed have a little rap where Caster says uh, that you can grow all this hair on your head, but your pubes won't grow. 
and then says, uh, we're gonna, we're gonna be number one, like Batman at the box office. Yeah, he rhymed talking with office. Which, huh. Yeah. Didn't, yeah. It's real Eminem of him to, to try to do that. Isn't that what Eminem, it tries to always rhyme words that don't rhyme, but Max Castro, I don't think quite as Eminem. So, sometimes it can work if you like say it in the right way, but yeah, talking in office doesn't, doesn't really have much. Someone in the chat saying after the rap, Anna J tweeted and deleted a response saying false. <laughs> I, I'm assuming about the pubes, but yeah, uh, great. Right. TMI, Anna J, <laughs> TMI. Uh, yeah, he said you haven't seen any boobs and stuff like oh, that. Oh, right, 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 right. Um, I, yeah, I, these guys, like, first they were funny and they were way too crossing the line and now they're just kind of soft. I thought this one was a little, little weak. Like, oh, we're going to be number one, like Batman. Like, you literally just picked something topical and got the most, like. <laughs> yeah, they talked about the gas prices lowering. Yeah, like, that's really. Like... wanting them to lower. I mean, Pete, have you not seen the people are, like, brawling over this? Yeah. And, yeah. Fuck. Uh, blame Putin, though, for that, right? Um, walk more. No, I'm just. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, this is yeah. Walk more. Yeah, we we like a good walk. Um, to be fair, it can't be easy like coming up with a rap every single week. No, trying to keep it topical and stuff. And some are gonna hit, some aren't. Uh, I still appreciate it as a as an entrance. Um, it is always a bit like, oh, what's he gonna say this week? And sometimes it's a bit hmm, okay. And Enzo was like that as well. Enzo sometimes had some really good lines, and other times you're like, ah. All right. Because, like, you know Max Caster w- wanted to come out here and rhyme the word dinosaur with, like, something. I don't know. Whore or something. But he, whore, he could. Whore. But, like, you know, it probably, it's not hard to make fun of a guy who dresses like Tarzan and has his pet dinosaur. But instead, he's like, yo, we're going to be number one like Batman at the bat- box office. It's like, all right, cool, <laughs> bro. Real, real nice. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, a miss for me. You know I kind of like these guys, but... The wrestling definitely hits though here, uh, which I'm I'm happy to see. The acclaim do get better every time in the ring. As they a, are good, yeah, yeah, they are solid, yeah, for sure. Jurassic Express versus the acclaimed uh, Jungle Boy goes for this like rope his his classic rope jump arm drags and all that stuff. They go to picture in picture, but then the acclaimed tag in and out, beating down on Jungle Boy. When we come back, Luchasaurus is in. He's doing a huge thing. There's a Jungle Boy hitting a tope to the outside which allows Luchasaurus to hit his choke slam and standing moonsault combo. The acclaimed come back though. They beat down on Jungle Boy again and hit the mic drop elbow to Jungle Boy, but he kicks out. There's then some uh, what kerfuffle with the the boombox and Luchasaurus gets hit with it, but kind of it was kind of weird cuz he's holding it and then they hit him, so it's like they hit the boombox into his face, but then he goes and drops down and is still holding the boombox. And then finally, yeah. he's like, why the fuck am I still holding this boombox? And then let's go with it. <laughs> uh, so the acclaimed are back in the ring with Jungle Boy alone. And they hit this pretty sweet tag team uh, move. I'm not sure if I've seen them hit this before. This this is pretty sweet. I don't even know what to call it. But it's like an assisted, not a quite a one-winged angel, but like the guy's upside down. And you like drive the guy helping the partner hit like a package driver kind of move but mm. jungle boy kicks out at like 2.9 this was a great kick out the crowd ate it i ate it luchasaurus is back in he clears house he gets one of them up with the electric chair they hit that rope uh, uh like double rope jump assisted 
Doomsday device. Doomsday device, yeah. And pick up the win, one, two, three, Jurassic Express retain. Yeah, I think Luchasaurus, then he tail whip Caster. Yeah, the, to the, to No, the sorry, apron, Bowens yeah. off the, yeah. Um, yeah, good match. Again, it was kind of, I feel we've seen this recently. I don't know if we have, but I kind of feel like we have. Um, and not really any stakes. I don't think anyone was really buying a title change here, but not bad little match, but can't say it's much I haven't seen recently a lot of. Yeah. No, I, st- I still kind of got into it, especially near towards the end. I do think these guys are pretty good wrestlers. And uh, Jurassic Express off that hot tag match last last Sunday, like, yeah, they got to be on a great roll. Mm. I feel like we get some big matches from them now. I think we could go to FTR. I think we could go to some other teams. But now, now I'm instantly in the camp that thinks – Regal's boys, Regal's men. Are they going to be? What's the name for Mox and Danielson? Regal men, real men, real men, <laughs> real just, men, just real men. Yeah, men. Uh, I think those. Yeah, just men, <laughs> men, men. Uh, I think the men should uh, beat Jurassic Express. Yeah, I do feel a bit sorry for Santana and Ortiz being caught up in this Jericho thing again. Like, I feel it's been about two years where we've been going, all right, well, it'll be Santana and Ortiz next. Like, they won that feud with FTR, and you go, oh, well, it's got to be Santana and Ortiz. And then they just went Lucha Brothers, Jurassic Express, like, for the the titles. I really thought we were going to see Red Dragon win and move more to, like, a Santana-Ortiz-Red Dragon feud. But um, it does feel that way. I think you're going to have these this Brian... And Moxley rack up a load of wing wins and possibly be next champions because they definitely see the, the tag team with already with a lot of focus. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, they have so many tag teams here though, so like, there's. I just, I'm just happy to see different matchups and and stuff. But yeah, um, co- co- I'm cool that Jurassic Express win. I do want to see. There are a bunch of teams I still want to see them face um, down the line. We go to our next – oh, we, we go to a segment backstage. The TBS champion, Jade, with Smart Mark, is here. And they, she says, who's next? More like who's left because Mark Sterling says, you've beaten everyone, Jade. You've beaten – he lists off everyone, even Sky Blue, even Anna Jay, Ty Conti. Damn, she's beaten some heavy hitters. And Jade says, whoever could get steps to me next – well, you'll get that kiss of death. And uh, yeah, because she's that bitch. So she's basically saying, look, I've beaten everybody. I don't know who the fuck else I'm supposed to fight. Who is there next? Who's? I love how she's doing Goldberg's thing with the streak yeah. and everything. Who's next? Yeah, so she said next Next is number 30, right? Her 30th, defense, uh, 30th match of the streak. Um, I can't think... I honestly, like, I really can't think of many people there are. Although... It is a debut. Like there are people like Ember Moon out there, uh, Nixon Yule. You know there there are other women that could be hmm. signed. Um, Ruby Soho could come back. I feel she's gone quite quiet. Uh, I know she's already had the match with Jade, but that's something you could go back to. Um, yeah, it it does feel slim pickings. Yeah, uh, maybe maybe they maybe they will bring in some new people. Uh, they they brought in a lot of dudes. They should bring in some some women. What about there's Sheeta? Sheeta's been pretty quiet. Sheeta and Riho could do something with Jade, maybe. For sure. 
Yeah. Emmy Sakura. Hell yeah. Ew. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> Je- uh, Genie Pants, what was her? Shiny Pants, what was her? Oh, uh, Yuka Sakazaki. Oh, yeah, yeah. Bring her back. She's great, too. We go to our next match, which is a number one contenders match for the AEW women's title, which means the next week they get to face Britt Baker. And it's Thunder Rosa, who just lost to Britt Baker on Sunday, versus Layla Hirsch. Uh, so the winner of this next week, Britt Baker. There's strikes from Layla early on, kind of going after Thunder here. Um, a, a roll through counter. They're then fighting in the corner. There's a suplex from Layla for a near fall. Uh, there's then Thunder who runs at her with some clotheslines and then a Northern Lights suplex, but Layla kicks out of that. Hirsch comes back with a suplex of her own, a German there. Uh, and then they're countering each other's moves as Layla goes for something, but in midair kind of turns it. Or was Thunder countering it? I'm not sure. But Layla eventually locks in an arm bar, which then Thunder eventually gets out of. Layla goes for something else, but that that gets scouted as well and turned into the Fire Thunder driver, and Thunder Rosa beats Layla Hirsch. Layla went to get the turnbuckle. Oh, again, right. That's which right. She used, yeah. Which she used on Sunday, um, but Red Velvet showed up to kind of take her, it off of her and then led to the, the Fire Thunder driver. Um, I thought this match felt really slow, you know? Me too. I, I, I preferred Layla's match with Statlander um, on the pre-show, actually. Um it just felt a bit plodding, and I think both are are a bit better than this. Um, and I think it was very obvious with, with, with where next week's going to be that Rosa was going to win as well. Again, stakes like for a, I didn't really feel there was much stakes here, but um, yeah, this didn't hit for me. No, I, I agree. It felt like there was a spot where they were like clotheslining each other, and it just felt really slow and. Um... Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of the Thunder Rosa Brit match last Sunday either. Mm. And then after this, Tony announces that it's next week in her what in San Antonio, Texas, is where they are yeah. next week. And I mean, uh, Thunder Rosa's from Texas, and it's going to be a steel cage match. And Thunder's excited because, well, that means Reba and Hater won't be able to get involved because it's a steel cage, and we know they can never ever get involved if it's a steel cage. <laughs> to be fair with AEW, I mean we've only had what two cage matches and we haven't had anyone come into the cage yet. Oh, you did have okay. Brandon Cutler throwing some shoes, but uh, <laughs> I th- but apart from that, I think I think they do try and keep that where right. try to go back a bit more old school where you can't get in. It's a bit of a higher cage as well. Yeah, I'm with the the match didn't hit for me on on Sunday, I haven't gone back to watch it back, so it was late in the show, and I it was after that um, MJF Punk match, so I think there was some fatigue as well when I when I watched it. Um, but I, I feel they've got their work cut out for them. Obviously, it's a year ago since their match that everyone was raving about, and I loved last year. Um, and the the this whole story recently has been a bit disappointing, but I think. This will probably go on last, I imagine, next week. It's you. You should have a hot San Antonio crowd really behind Thunder Rosa, which I think the crowd at uh, Revolution were a bit flat by that point. Um, and it's a first as well, the first women's cage match. So I, I think, I think this could turn things around, and I, I think you could get that big 
Thunder Rosa win next week. Yeah, I, I think so too. I've, I've definitely changed my tune, especially we kind of scouted that they wouldn't probably do this, especially if it's in our hometown. But, but I just, I didn't like that Brit match too much on Sunday and I didn't like this one either. So I hope, I hope they can kind of get that magic back from. Last year, literally a year ago, this yeah. St. Patrick's Slam. So yeah. just get some thumbtacks in the cage, and like it will be good. They'll do it. You know they will for yeah. sure. Um, we go to our oh we, well, Britt Baker cuts a promo backstage now and says, "You think you actually have a shot? Don't forget, I beat you on Sunday." And well, I have Reba, I have have Hater, but you won't have Mercedes, and Mercedes is going to face Hater on Rampage. And Britt says, there's no way, Thunder Rosa, I would let some carny riffraff like you become champion. Yeah, a year ago, you got the pin. But who really won? Everyone knows it's yours truly, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. Uh, I know we criticize WWE and NXT and all that for the piped-in noises, but they definitely pipe in the DMD, right? I don't know. It's I'm over. Sure, it's like, really the, the over. Crowd are, yeah. It is over. Just sounds always super loud, super loud when everything else is kind of mm. chilling. But yeah, Brit versus Thunder next week. Uh, main yeah. event though. TNT title match. Sammy Guevara, the champion, defending against Scorpio Sky. And uh, well, Sammy, I guess, didn't realize what was happening earlier because he didn't come out for that inner circle beatdown or breakup. Pretty much at all uh, last week. Yeah, they were saying he was wearing he was wearing a vest, but it wasn't the inner circle vest either. It just said Sammy Guevara. He's like, huh? Jericho beat up those guys. But he 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 had left, hadn't he? The other week, he was yeah. like, you know what? You guys should sort your shit out. Yeah. I'm out of here. So now he's just with uh, Ty Conti instead. Uh, Sammy versus Scorpio. Scorpio's got Ethan Page ringside and Dan Lambert as well. Uh, we get Scorpio and Sammy going back and forth when Sammy hits his patented like dodges and the crazy backflips. Some of those I don't know how he does. Uh, Lambert's getting involved. He helps set up a table when Sammy puts Scorpio Sky, counters it and kicks him in the face with a super kick and puts him on the table, climbs to the top rope. Mind you, this table's on the outside, jumps off and hits the 630 senton, but Scorpio in the last second gets out of the way. And this was crazy. This was like Sonic the Hedgehog spinning and then falling right through the table with nobody there. This is when Ty Conti comes out and checks on him during picture in picture. And I mean, what a great way to to get this over like that. He's so hurt. Tay is there. The, 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 the doctors are there. I feel Sammy Guevara does this in every TV main event. <laughs> he's, he's always injured during picture in picture and they just don't decide to count him out. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the spot was nuts, but I'm starting to think he's just a real idiot. You know, this is your title. And the match has barely even started. You've barely, like, locked up. And you're like, right, better get the Six. table out and do something crazy. Like, wear him down a bit first, you know? Like, so the, they yeah. come back and they're walking him out. Him, Tay, and the doctors and the ref. And then he's like, no, I gotta keep fighting. So he goes back in and this is when Sky is attacking him here. We get Paige Van Zant, who's ringside with her hubby. She's getting in the face of Tay. She's yelling at her. Which kind of teases some tension. When Sammy's back in the ring, he gets a, a roll up on Scorpio for a big reaction from the crowd for a near fall. 
And then Scorpio is putting the boots to him, but Sammy fights back, eventually hits the, this double jumping springboard cutter, the Sammy cutter or whatever, uh, gets a kick out on that because he couldn't capitalize. And then eventually hits the GTH on Sky, but Sky just manages to roll away from selling the move when this is when uh, Ethan Page gets up on the apron and starts like distracting and, and yelling at Sammy. When Tainara pulls him off the apron and starts yelling at him. When Paige Van Zant jumps the barricade and gets involved and attacks Tay from behind Ty and and beats her up with which. Sammy in the middle of the ring is looking at this and it gets distracted when he turns around. He's hit by the TKO from Scorpio Sky and one, two, three, the new TNT champion, Scorpio Sky. You know it's official when the TNT Twitter changes their bio to Scorpio Sky is our champion. Ah. They always change it when whoever wins. <laughs> mm. And afterwards, they sign, uh, Paige Van Zandt signs her AEW contract on the bodies of uh, Sammy. On the Ty. bum of Tay. Of Ty. On the bum of Ty, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I kind of feel a bit, a few mixed feelings about this. I think, I kind of feel it was a good move having, having Scorpio win because after Ty, these guys have lost every single feud, right? Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. And it's, it's going to get to a point where you don't take them seriously at all because you go, well, you're going to go and you're going to lose again. It was unexpected. And um, I think it at least puts a little bit of legitimacy to their group. But I feel like I haven't seen Scorpio Sky for months. You know, yeah. if you're just watching Dynamite, like I haven't seen this dude forever. So it, it did feel a bit of a cold challenger. And I do expect it to just be a transitional champion to get it onto Wardlow. I think this is setting up a feud, the tag with Sammy and Ty against what would it be? Uh Page and Page and Scorpio or Page and Page even. Um so I, I feel Wardlow's walking out next week with the TNT title. And I just think Sammy looks like a bit of an idiot doing this spot all the time and just hurting himself. Uh, it's spectacular, but it's it's happening every match where it, it's going to soon uh, not feel as spectacular when he's doing it. And you're just going to go, well, you just seem like an idiot. You just threw away your title. Like, you completely deserve to lose this thing. Yeah, I... I, I think uh, he had some great matches. He's had some bangers in AEW, especially on Dynamite. And he's had oh, yeah. some great stuff. And I think he's amazing. And he'll, he'll continue to impress. Uh, I do like the title change. I do think it like it spices things up and instantly can make certain things different, interesting, and all that stuff. Because there's so many different people that you could put in the TNT title picture like instantly, right away. Um, I think MJF screws Wardlow next week and Sky holds it for a little bit. You could have him and Sam okay. still feud it, but it would be cooler if Wardlow won it because then again, like there's, then it opens the door. MJF could beat him for it. Someone else could beat him for like, there's, there's, there's lots of things you could go around. Obviously. Yeah. Tainara and Sammy versus, um, Paige or Sky, uh, with Paige Van Zant as well. So there's some different things, but, um, yeah, you could have what Fuego and, Sammy and Ty versus Scorpio Sky, Ethan Page and Page Van Zandt. Yeah, true. Yeah, something like that. Uh, or her her husband as well as like a fighter. I'm not sure if he's in a wrestle, but yeah. Um I'm I'm okay with and 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 
yeah, Scorpio Sky getting a, a title here. I he was the champion before. He was tag team champion. Now he's a solo. He's he's the first tag champ. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's awesome. It's cool to see that as well. So um, it, it opens the, the like the oh this could they could do this they could do that with with title changes especially this title is is a pretty cool it, title. It does make it yeah with this title it it makes all these open challenges thinking anyone can win it at any time and it can. Like our criticisms with a Keith Lee or something, you can automatically put a rocket to someone. Um, you kind of saw it with Sammy, to be honest. He was kind of floating around doing nothing for a bit, and then they just put him in this picture. So I, I think it is good to condition your audience to, you know, think anyone at any point could win this thing. Unlike a world championship where you go, well, it's someone's going to have a run, and then they're it's going to be on the the big stage where something happens. Right. Um, the, the match didn't, I, I think that because so much of it was this injury, it did kind of take me out of the match. And then you're just going to all the shenanigans at the, at the end. I think these two, if they just kind of wrestled would actually have a, a way better match. It felt a little messy as did the whole show. To be honest, I think there was, there was a lot of like important stuff that happened. We're setting up, you know, the next chapter of AEW. We've just had our big pay-per-view. We're setting up the build for all the stories that are going to culminate at Double or Nothing and the, over the next few weeks. But it felt really messy, I thought, tonight. There was just a lot happening. And I didn't think really any of the wrestling overly hit for me today. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, for wrestling, what was the best match? I mean, yeah, you kind of got to see some some cool stuff, but like I said, I didn't get that that match. I thought I was gonna get with Mox and uh, not saying like them squashing them didn't make sense because it does, but I was expecting like somewhat of a like it was just a showcase for them to get their their stuff in essentially. But mm. I I don't get me wrong, I actually really enjoyed this episode, but I see what you mean. It, it was like. A little all over the place. Dynamite seems to be that way. And maybe that's why that's part of the reason why I, I like it a lot. Cause it does feel like almost like a, what would happen if an indie show did have a lot of money? <laughs> that's what this well, you, feels you like. All the time. I never feel like my time's been. Yeah. Wasted. No, it's always like, there, there are some, there are some episodes uh, of other shows where you go, well, what happened today? Yeah. You didn't really miss much. Like a lot happened, you know, the, yeah. the Jericho turn, the Jeff Hardy, debut the uh tully being fired um a title change a signing of Paige van zandt uh that a lot happened it was a very newsworthy show um at, but sometimes i think they they get the flow really nicely in these shows and i i felt it just felt really frantic this week uh well um they have announced matches for Rampage, Jamie Hayter, Mercedes Martinez, Darby versus Mark Quinn, QT Keith Lee, Swerve versus Tony Nese. And then next week for the St. Patrick's Day Slam, Brit and Thunder, and then Wardlow and Scorpio Sky. So, I mean, like, there's some, some, I'm sure. Oh, and that six man, uh, next week as well. So, I mean, there'll be some good stuff, uh, next mm. week coming, uh, for sure. And I'm seeing that the Hardy Boys show up on Rampage. It looks like Sino sent me a picture and it looks like they can't use the name the Hardy Boys. So they call themselves the Hardys. So, I mean, hey, that's, oh, I guess. What were they in TNA? Just the Hard, the Hardys. Were they just the Hardys? Okay. I guess they can't use the Hardy Boys. That's so, that's, that's odd. I mean, hey, fuck it. It's the same name, but yeah, the Hardys. Mm. Um, and they're wearing their shirts. 
Lovely. <laughs> Can't wait to see Matt in it. Uh, well, that's we need Michael Hayes to be released just to complete the package, don't we? <laughs> Terry, no. Like if, we're, if we're talking about one more run, yeah, get Terry back. Get Michael Hayes back. Gangrel's kicking around. Get him in there as well. Yeah. I just love that they got the music. That's such a little, like, that's such a little thing, but so funny. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed this fixed time. It's always a, a crazy show to watch. It's great. Uh, well, we'll talk all about that show next week as well. Um, but thank you guys for listening and checking us out, talking about all this wrestling. Uh, you're going to be away for up next, next week? I'll be this away. Week? Yeah, it's my mom's birthday. So, uh, I'll be celebrating that next Tuesday. Happy birthday, Davy's mom. And, uh, yeah, mm. so I'm going to be joined by John Ceno, Ceno Evil. He's going to explain all the names of wrestlers I don't know. Uh, I can't wait to ta- chat a little bit with him next week. So that'll be great. But you will be back for, uh, for Dynamite, for BD Elite. I'll be back for Dynamite. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you want to hear more of the BDE? You can check out us out on patreon.com slash up next. Like we mentioned, we got our, uh, Servant of the People review. We watched the first three episodes of that show. And then we also have a best match ever, Rick Steiner. I'm going to go put that up right now for you patrons, actually. So go check that out. Happy uh, belated birthday to Rick Steiner. And happy birthday to John Pollock uh, as well. So, um, Oh, no. Yeah, it's, it's Rick Steiner's birthday today. So him and, him and John Pollock share a birthday. Yeah. That's pretty exciting. Yeah. We, I, I didn't realize it was his birthday today. I would have put the show. I think I... I should have put it up today, but we're going to put it up tomorrow. So happy birthday, Rick Steiner. And happy birthday, John Pollock. One day we'll do a best match ever, John Pollock. John Pollock, yeah. <laughs> uh, but go check us out because we got all these other uh, shows out there, Retro NXT Reviews, all the best matches ever and everything. Uh, and, I mean, well, it's St. Patrick's Day next week. Does that mean we're also reviewing Leprechaun? It does mean we're re- reviewing Leprechaun. Yeah, Leprechaun 2. Oh my god. Does it does it have a colon? Is it Re- Leprechaun 2 the Leprechaun 2 not Leprechaun in the hood. Not Leprechaun not in yet. space. Not yet. No, that'll be a few years away. Yeah, we uh, decided every St. Patrick's Day we're going to review a Leprechaun movie, so we're we're doing that. Okay, it's just called Leprechaun 2. All right. Is Jen- a Leprechaun surfaces in Los Angeles to claim a bride as his previous object of affection was denied him a thousand years before in Ireland. He kidnaps teenage Bridget, Siobhan Durkin, grotesquely murdering anyone who gets in his way. Um, Yeah, it's going to be great. Leprechaun 2, Bride of Leprechaun. (laughs) That's what it sounds like. Uh, Yeah, so get your feedback in. We'll put that up on the the feedback threads on the weekend. But yeah, go watch Leprechaun 2. I don't know how I'm going to find Leprechaun 2, but we will. Uh, So all the different reviews and podcasts out there on the Patreon. And of course, every Tuesday night, twitch.tv slash upnextpodcast and Wednesday nights for both our shows. We record these live on Twitch. And uh, and yeah, we appreciate you guys. And go buy WH Park's shirt. That Eddie Kingston rock today. That's oh, yeah. so badass, man. Uh, when I walked in, when I saw WH the other week, I walked in and, and I said, excuse, he didn't see me yet. And I said, excuse me, sir. I'm looking for Eddie Kingston's favorite podcaster. And he turned around and, and looked at me. I was like, oh, there you are. Hi. He's going to be so, he's going to be awful after this, isn't he? He's going to go to his head. He's going he's gonna to be so smug after this. Yeah, he was already smug. He, he's going to be unbearable. Reason. Yeah. Yeah. So, so fuck it. Don't buy a shirt. Buy one of our shirts. No, no someone's just got to tell Eddie I'm Kingston joking. that Ed, that WH actually hates Eddie Kingston and yeah. AEW. <laughs> yeah. 
It's ironic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, that's it, guys. Follow us on the Facebook group and uh, the Twitter at Up Next Podcast if you haven't already. And uh, I myself, Braden Harrington, I'm on Twitter and I'm on Instagram. I'm at the Brady. And I'm at Davey Portman. And if you're watching this on YouTube, remember, hit the like and subscribe button as well. Yeah. Hey, guys, every little thing, every little like, uh, download and subscription, all these things to all these apps and nice little reviews on Apple Podcasts, they all do us uh, wonders. So uh, thank Mm. you. Thank you. We appreciate you. And uh, that's it. That's all. Take care. Goodbye. Be safe. And I'll never get the image of... Oh no, Jeff Hardy's here. He's going to save his brother, but wait first. I got to dance. <laughs> Ahoy! You're a holiday powerhouse. You host the dinners, shovel neighbors, sidewalks, and make everything from scratch. You definitely don't need help making the holidays happen. But Dunkin's Holiday Blend Coffee? A warming medium roast complete with sweet notes of dried fruit and molasses. Or a cranberry orange muffin made with real cranberries just might convince you a little help never hurt. Especially the hot caffeinated kind. America runs on Duncan. Present participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. Right here in your neighborhood. Here's a little tale about hard-to-recycle plastics. Their destinies were changed. Their new lives are fantastic. What once was trash can live on as new things. With a program that complements your regular recycling. Because plastics can be so much more. Give this trash the second chance it was hoping hard-to-recycle plastics can be so much more. Participate in the Hefty Energy Bag Program, happening in your neighborhood today.